Roman. Book of Romans. Surprise in missions, life, and the spirit of adoption. Now, we started this series a long time ago, Will God Surprise in Missions? And today we're going to see some more opportunities that God is showing us to surprise us in His mission to redeem man. So, um, let's go ahead and pray, and then I'll read the passage. And I'll probably sweat a little bit up here. Uh, read the passage. Pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to come to you and look in your word for a few moments. And Father, you know it's been a crazy morning already. And Father, we ask that you would just um, be glorified in all of it. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people today. And we ask that you would just take the word that's read here, your word that's read, and that you would bless it and use it in our hearts and our life. And Father, we just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Romans chapter 8, I'm going to begin reading in verse 10. It says that, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, <clears throat> we are debtors not to the flesh to live by to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Father, again, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. And Father, we just thank you for the result and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, we look there in verse uh, 10 that talks about the spirit of Christ is life. The true believer of Christ has life. The true believer, or the true life, is life with God. Um, our sin no longer sets us 
here. We're no longer enemies of God because of our sin and because of his son. There's a hymn that says, Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. You know, it's because of the sacrifice, it's because of the work of Jesus on the cross that we can have life. Jesus paid the debt to bring life to your soul and to my soul and to all who are believers. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You know, that, that life I'm talking about is uh, brought to you by Jesus. You know, we used to hear that a lot on TV when we got two channels. We'd hear that slogan, brought to you by Kellogg Frosted Flakes or whatever. But our eternal life is brought to us by Christ. And he wants us to be rooted and grounded in love. You know, we read a few weeks ago that God commended his love towards us and that we, in, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that love that brought us salvation, brought us redemption, is the same love that Christ wants us to have rooted in our heart and in our life. Verse 10 also says that, um, let me read it again. If, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead. The body is dead. But we understand that this mortal body is dead because of sin. There are many verses that teach us that. It's our sin that's separated us from God. Um, Ephesians 2 talks about we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And one day... Or sin has corrupted this body, and it is destined to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. But this body that we live in, that we walk around in, this ugly thing that you see is um, going to die. And that's just a reminder to us that God still hates sin. This body is going to die. And it's going to die because of sin. Sin kills the body. That's what it's telling us here in this verse. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. That's our mortal body. That's our flesh. That's the part of us to run away from God. That's the part of us that wants to sin against God. But then it goes on and there's a contrast there in verse 10. It says, but I used to sit under a Bible teacher and he said the most two most important words in the Bible are but and as. One shows comparison the other one shows contrast. And that's what Paul is showing us here as a contrast. He says, but 
The spirit is life. Paul contrasts the body of sin with the spirit of life. You see, it is, it is the spirit, the soul of man that God redeems. It's our soul, it's our spirit that God redeems. It's not this old body in its present state. Matthew Henry helps us to understand it. He says, grace to the soul is a new, is a new nature. When grace comes in our life, when grace affects our soul, it's a new nature. When we are affected by grace, it's a new nature. We, we often say that a different way. We say we get a new heart. You know, he takes that stony heart out of us, gives us a heart of flesh. Or we say, God has changed my wonder. The things I wanted, I used to do, I don't want to do anymore. You know, it's all talking about that new nature that we receive when grace is applied to it. Faith is Christ, in Christ, gives us a new nature to our soul. The Spirit of Christ gives life to the soul through the Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit we're talking about. Matthew twenty-two thirty-one says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. That right there, is will God surprise and missions moment that he redeems people that he brings us back from the dead he redeems our dead soul he gives us life it is God who gives us life and he and it's because of righteousness Romans 8.10, just to remind you again, says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. It is the righteousness of Christ imputed to us that gives us life. Now that's an accounting term that we looked at back in Romans chapter 4. But it's imputed to us doesn't mean it's free. If someone gives you some money, that doesn't mean it's free. It costs someone something. And that life that is imputed to us costs Christ his life. Romans 4.22 says, um, And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. And that's Paul talking about the faith of Abraham. Abraham's faith was imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23, it says, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to us. It wasn't just for him that it was imputed to him, but it was for our sake, verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. 
if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. That imputation that is available comes through belief in Christ. Belief in Christ. You're a good listener, Bill. <laughs> I can always count on looking at you and getting a nod or a smile or something. <laughs> And a point of, yeah. <laughs> but that imputation, that belief in Christ is what saves our soul, gives us that new nature. And verse chapter 5 says, therefore, in verse 1, it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, that deliverance that we get for our offense, the deliverance of our offense was raised again for our justification. Jesus died for our justification. You see, it is the righteousness of Christ imputed to us through belief that the Spirit gives life to our soul. It is the Spirit of Christ that gives life to our soul. In uh, all is not lost for our mortal bodies. You know, we, we've spent a deal of time, a little bit of time here, talking about our mortal body being dead. But it's not all lost. Look at verse 11 of Romans 8. It says, but if the spirit of Christ that raised up Jesus from the, from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. See, there is something about our bodies that one day God is going to change. He's going to raise up our mortal body, not in the way it is right now, not in but in a glorified way. Uh, God will, will, will reu reunite our soul with our body. And that's a coming day when, we, when our soul is reunited with our body. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 3. <coughs> We understand that in verse 11 that the Spirit is going to quicken our body. So there's something about our body that is still useful to us. But in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he said he's going to come back again. And that's what he's talking about there in verse 20. Our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, who shall change our vile body? Now that mortal body that's dead is going to be changed. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things 
unto himself. He's going to change our vile body. And that body that we're going to have is going to be like his body. It's going to be glorious. A glorious body. It's not going to be a body that bends over in the kitchen and picks up a pot out of the bottom drawer and is back to drink for 45 minutes. It's going to be a new body. It's going to be a body that can run without an ankle hurting. It's going to be a body that doesn't creep with arthritis. It's going to be a glorious body. It's going to be a body that doesn't wake up with a migraine in the morning. It's going to be a glorious body. And just in case you're, you're missing it, this is another will God surprise and missions statement. Not only does the believer get a new nature for his soul, but he gets a new glorious body to go along with it. When God set out to redeem man before the foundation of the world, he didn't hold back. He's not holding back. He's given us a new glorious body. This body of sin that we walk around in and causes us so much trouble will be changed. It'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye, says in 1 Thessalonians. And we will receive a glorious body. And while all of you inside listen to this okay I know you're all jumping up and down on the inside about this new glorious body that we're getting but turn over to 1st Corinthians chapter 6 1st Corinthians chapter 6 it says what wait what Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? You know, that's one of those verses that you look at and say, oh man, I got the help of the Holy Spirit living within me. And then you think another moment later and you say, oh me. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. You remember a couple weeks ago when we was in Isaiah 58 and we talked about being the repair of the breach? Remember that? Well, let me tell you something. It is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that's repaired the breach between us and God. Okay? Belief in Christ Jesus brought us to the repair of the breach in our soul. We have the Holy Spirit of Christ dwelling in us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in us in our vile bodies so we got this it's like a 
a dead person tied to us when we follow the Spirit, when we live in the Spirit and, and that mortal body that wants to bring us away from Christ, wants to cause us to sin. But we have the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of Christ. The one who can make something out of nothing. The one who can heal bodies. He can recreate bodies. The healer, the great physician. He's the one that dwells in us. Look at Romans chapter 8 back there in verse 12. It says, Therefore, brethren, therefore, and that therefore is because that Spirit dwells in us, therefore, because we have the Holy Spirit of Christ dwelling in us, it says, brethren, that's a, an endearing term. You know, we talk about our brothers in Christ and our sisters in Christ. That's a term that shows a close relationship. A relationship that, where we care about one, of an, one another. So Paul is not just writing to these people just so they'll help them. He's writing to these people so that they will be protected and they'll be, they'll know what the true gospel is. It's not Jesus plus anything else. He says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Therefore, we are debtors. Not to live after the flesh. We're not debtors to our flesh for if we live after the flesh verse 13 for if we live after the flesh ye shall die but if through the spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live therefore because the Holy Spirit of God lives within us we have an obligation to live after the spirit we have an obligation to follow the Spirit. We have an obligation to mortify. We have an obligation to kill those deeds of the body that leads to death. You see, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and we must mortify the deeds of the body. We have the Spirit of life in us, and with it, we can kill the sinful deeds of the body. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. We must choose life and put to death those things that cause death and live. You see, if you're struggling with sin, and it should be no surprise to you that we do struggle with sin, so we don't have to pretend like to each other that, oh, I don't have a problem with sin. We don't have to do that because we struggle with sin. Paul even said back in chapter 7 that he struggled with sin. 
okay? But if you struggle, struggle with sin just like Paul did in chapter 7, we must face that sin. We must face it, and we must put it to death. You can no longer try to live with that sin, which is really just a code word. When we say to ourselves, you know that sin, and I can live with it, I can handle it. You know what that is? That's just a code word for saying, you know what, I want to keep that sin handy so I can resurrect it and play with it again. It's what it is. We, not, we must understand that that sin that so easily besets us, we've got to mortify it. We've got to kill it. We've got to put it to death. We can't control it. Okay? That sin that pops up when we're alone. That sin that pops up in front of us on Facebook or YouTube or wherever else you spend a lot of time staring at your phone. That sin that besets us, that one that we, we think that we can handle, but really we just want to keep it around so we can enjoy it again. That sin is the one I'm talking about. That sin is the one we must put to death. Every time it pops up, we have to run to God, run to Him and say, God, there's that sin that keeps popping up in my life. He wants to lead to death. That's the sin we got to put to death. We have to confess it. We have to face it and say, God, I can't do it on my own. We got to put it to death, mortify it. We must resolve to no longer live that way. We must live after the Spirit and live. Maybe, just maybe, you struggle with sin because you've never trusted Christ. You know, you're right there at the doorstep. You know what the gospel is, and he's tugging at your heart. Maybe you're right there. Turn to him. Turn to him in repentance and faith. Give him your life. Trust him. Cry out to him. He will save you. He will give you that new life. He will give you that new spirit. He will give you that new heart. Trust him. Do it right now. You can do it right where you are. You can trust him. And do it before it's too late. And Christian, jump up and down on the inside and say, glory, hallelujah. I have the spirit of Christ living in me. 
can overcome sin through the power of the Spirit by trusting Christ. Let's stand. Let's stand and we'll pray. Come to Christ. Glory in Christ today. Glory in the work that he's done. Father, again, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, you, you put in the believers, you put in us, your spirit, a mark of redemption. Father, we thank you for that. We praise you and we honor you. Father, we ask that you help us just to glor glory in you today. And that mystery that you've done in us that you've given us your spirit to live in life. Father, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.